the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstone Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group, Inc. does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones industry average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. So let's supercharge your wealth-building plan now with Jim McAleese. Welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Flow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, welcome. Here we are almost at the end of the summer. Well, hey, don't worry. Autumn doesn't really start until September 22nd. But I think of Labor Day. We're almost on Labor Day now. It's kind of the end of summer. The the big activities now is getting the students back to school. And that includes everyone from the first graders to the college scholars. At the same, at this time, it's going to be, you know, (laughs) it's going to pay to be flexible. Every school system seems to have a different schedule for families with children, with uh, youngsters in grade school and middle school and high school. It's going to be a logistic challenge, sometimes nightmare. But in addition to the class schedules, there are also schedules for athletic team conditioning before school starts and uh, orientation classes for colleges and stuff like that. And with parents' work schedules, there'll be a lot of frustration. But somehow, with a lot of effort, the school issues will be ironed out in the next uh, two or three weeks. And if your youngsters are outgrown the student phase, then you'll miss out on all this continuing adventure. And you can just sit back and relax and, and basically enjoy the rest of the summer. <clears throat> this week, I did find some time to visit the Lorraine County Fair, and it was great. 
It brought back good memories. The Midway, the Midway, hey, they are, they are really good at coming up with new food. <laughs> and they had food that I couldn't even imagine. And after walking the Midway, you know, we enjoyed walking around the barn, some of the 4-H barns and some of the open class barns. That was a good time to visit with the neighbors and see what their families were showing at the fair and the Rain County Fair will continue today and uh, tonight and if they're going to wrap it up uh, probably at the 6 o'clock to, uh, uh, tomorrow evening. So, and while we're relaxing over this weekend, uh, we can pay attention to what's happening in the world and how that affects our financial goals and dreams. This week, global equities were mostly down. In the U.S., the three major stock indices were down big time for the week. While in the U.K., the FTSE 100 was down, and in the European Union, uh, Germany's DAX and the uh, stock Europe 600 were both down for the week. Asia was mostly down. In Japan, the Nikkei was down a little bit, along with uh, China's uh, Shanghai Composite, but Hong Kong's Hang Seng was up for the week. On Friday, the three major U.S. stock indices closed at the Dow Jones at 32,283.40, and that was down 4.23% for the week. As the Standard and Poor 500 closed at 4,057.66, and that was down 4.04% for the week. And the NASDAQ Composite closed at 12,141.71, and it was down 4.44% for the week. Yesterday, the equity markets nosedived after the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell said that the American households and businesses can expect to experience pain and job losses as the central bank aims to bring down the red-hot inflation. Quote, there are, these are the uh, unfortunate costs of reducing inflation, unquote, Powell said, but a failure to restore price stability would mean uh, greater pain in the long term. On Friday, the Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell, he spoke at the annual uh, Economic Policy Symposium. It's the, uh, that's sponsored by the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City, and it's generally held at the uh, Jackson Lake Lodge in uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming. He, he, spoke, uh, with, he spoke with real resolve of the Federal Reserve's determination to continue to increase the interest rates as long as it takes to beat inflation. His t- in his 10-minute talk, he made the point, and he said that uh, the Federal Reserve must continue to raise the interest rates and keep them elevated to bring the fastest inflation in decades back under control. The central bank's campaign is likely to, to come at a cost to workers and overall growth, he acknowledged. This is from the Wall Street Journal, and he argued that not acting would allow price increases to become more permanent, a more permanent feature of the economy, and prove even more painful down the road. Uh, stock prices plunged in the week, wake of uh, Mr. Powell's comments as investors digested his stern commitment to raising rates and choking back inflation, and even if doing so damages growth and causes unemployment to rise. The Standard & Poor fell, uh, fell 3.4% on Friday, and investors in bonds began to bet that the central bank would raise rates by more than they had been expected. Mr. Powell's full-throated commitment to defeating inflation uh, began to put to rest an idea that had been percolating among investors that the central bank might lift rates slightly more this year and that they would begin to lower them again next year. Instead, he argued that rates will need to go higher and will need to stay in uh, in the economy restricting territory for a while until inflation is consistently coming down. 
according to the Federal Reserve Chairman Powell, quote, restoring price stability will take some time and require using our tools forcibly to bring demand and supply into better balance. Uh, quote, he continues, while higher interest rates, slower growth, and softer job market conditions will bring down inflation, they will also bring some pain to the households and businesses. And the Fed has lifted interest rates from zero in March uh, to a range of uh, 225 to 2.5%, and investors have been waiting for any hint of how fast and how far the Federal Reserve will raise rates in the coming months. Higher interest rates will make it more expensive to borrow money, let's say, to build a house or to expand a business, and it will slow economic activity, and it will basically cool down the job market. And uh, the theory is that they <clears throat> that can eventually help reduce demand enough, and the supply catches up with the demand and price increases slow down. Mr. Powell did not say what what pace exactly what pace lies ahead, suggesting that federal officials will watch incoming data as they decide whether to make a third straight unusually large three-quarters of a percent rate increase at their uh, September 20th meeting. <clears throat> he reiterated that the Federal Reserve will likely it was likely to slow its increases at some point, uh, but he also said central bankers had more work to do when it comes to constraining the economy and bringing inflation under control. Uh, the current, quote, the current levels of interest rate are not a place to stop and pause right now, and uh, adding that rates will probably need to stay high, high enough to meaningfully weigh on the economy for some time, and that the historical record cautions strongly against premature loosening that policy. Basically, the, the message was clear. Uh, basically, the Federal Reserve is nowhere near declaring victory. And uh, while Mr. Powell uh, greeted as a slowdown in inflation in July, as good news, he said it was not enough to determine that the Fed's mission uh, was on its way to being accomplished. So he then continued on to explain that he has to, they have to conquer inflation now or never. And, uh, quote, central banks can and should take responsibility for delivering low and stable inflation. Our responsibility to deliver price stability is, quote, unconditional. He said it was critical to work to stamp out inflation before the uh, public began to expect it because such expectations can change behaviors in a way that lock in uh, rapid price increases. So you're seeing that uh, I think the UAW will probably uh, start to negotiate their new contract next year, next fall. How uh, continued inflation has, has just about everybody's attention right now, which highlights a particular risk today, the longer the current bout of high inflation continues, the greater the chance that expectations of higher inflation will become entrenched. The cost of entrenched inflations could be high once fast price increases become more permanent features of the economy, they would probably become much harder to crush, requiring more economic pain in the form of lost jobs and household sufferings to choke off demand. Uh, Mr. Powell said that, quote, history shows that the employment costs of bringing down inflation are likely to increase with delay, and our aim is to avoid that outcome by acting with resolve now. And the overall basic signal from Mr. Powell's remark is that he and his colleagues are dedicated to wrestling inflation lower, even at that effort is a painful one. Well, basically, it, it shouldn't have come as a, it did, really didn't come as a big surprise that uh, the Federal Reserve was going to have to start raising the interest rates and keeping them at a higher level. <clears throat> you know, there's been this, over the, over the summer, uh, there's been this constant discussion about recession 
versus uh, inflation. And the, the discussion has been, hey, uh, the stocks are down. Why are the stocks down when the earnings are up? You know, if you take a look at the earnings for the companies for the first quarter, I'd say for the Standard and Poor, they were up 10% above the uh, earnings of the first quarter a year earlier. Well, how come the stocks are down when the earnings are up? Well, it's because the uh, the investors are fearful that uh, the uh, Federal Reserve is going to increase the interest rates enough to cause a recession. The Federal Reserve has been rather, you know, the Federal Reserve uh, basically uh, has the capability of increasing those interest rates, and that's their their charter to increase the interest rates. They do know what they're doing, uh, and they're saying that uh, the economy is strong enough, the labor market is strong enough that they can overcome inflation. It may require uh, an increase in the unemployment. It's going to slow the economy down. It's going to slow the demand down. But that is the price we're going to pay for uh, conquering inflation. Uh, There's other credible voices say that... uh, uh, the more you increase those interest rates, the, the, you, you're going to get into a position where you do cause a recession. And uh, so that's the story. That's the the uh, dynamics that we've been listening to all summer long in terms of uh, recession versus inflation. So I think at this uh, symposium Friday, uh, uh, Chairman Powell took a position that, hey, uh, our, our only priority, uh, basically, they do have other priorities, but he singled out this as the highest priority, he is to cure inflation. So he's going to raise the rate, interest rates and uh, uh, gradually and high enough and keep them high for a while and, until he cures inflation. And There's a lot of backing for that, too, because if you take a look at what happened in the 70s, in the 70s, about 1972 or 1973, uh, the chairman of the Federal Reserve at that time was uh, Arthur Burns, and uh, inflation started to pick up, I think it was in 72 or 73, and he raised the interest rate and tried to squash inflation, but he ran into a recession, and then he he blinked. And uh, by blinked, I mean uh, he was raising the rates, and suddenly he lowered the rates to uh, 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 to get rid of that uh, recession. Well, he had a short-term benefit, but the very fact that he blinked uh, uh, told the uh, the uh, economy and the investors and everybody else that uh, uh, he they wouldn't the Federal Reserve was wasn't going to really stamp out inflation and that led to inflation uh, really taking off in the, the rest of the seventies nineteen seventies so that by the end of the seventies inflation was up to fourteen or fifteen percent at that time. Volcker had to come in. Who was the Paul Volcker was the chairman of the Federal Reserve at that time, and he had to come in and raise the interest rates, the overnight rates, up to twenty percent, and cause a recession where unemployment got up to ten percent. So uh, that was the price. Basically, what what Powell was saying is that uh, from lessons learned during the seventies. If you don't conquer inflation now, it's going to get out of hand, and you're really going to have to conquer it sooner or later. And the the, uh, uh, the increase in the interest rates uh, later could be really dramatic. So uh, right now, you know, the summer the discussion has been about uh, uh, recession versus inflation. Uh, uh, I guess the, the marker he put on the table this time was that uh, inflation is their number one priority. They're going to raise the interest rates and uh, cure the uh, inflation. Again, you still have the voices that are saying, look out for that recession. Uh, 
And what we're doing is we'll basically move forward and we'll be the next the next time we'll see any uh, discrete information from the Federal Reserve will be around the 20th of September when they hold their next uh, open market committee meeting. And then you'll see they'll vote on the, the, the best guess right now is that they're going to vote for a half a percent increase, and that'll bring up the the overnight rate from a maximum of two and a half to three percent at that particular meeting. Or they could vote for a three quarters of a percent, and <clears throat> that would bring the uh, overnight or Fed funds rate up to three and a quarter percent at that time. So, and there's two more. After that, there's two more meetings before this uh, year is out. So what you're looking at here is that uh, uh, they're going to keep an eye on inflation. They're going to talk about raising the rates. Uh, the, uh, the economy is slowing down already. You can see it in uh, home construction. Uh, I think we, we presented the numbers uh, Last week on home construction, and they're really down. Uh, you're also seeing it in uh, uh, home sales, and uh, both of those categories are basically due to the increase in interest rates has <clears throat> obliterated the three percent thirty-year mortgage rate and replaced it with a five and a half to maybe five point seven percent. Uh, in a 30-year interest rate. So <clears throat> that makes the monthly payments for a new house go way up. So basically what you're going to see is that uh, uh, the interest rates will go up. They're going to keep track of inflation. Uh, I don't think you're going you're gonna to see any... Well, we've been seeing a rally recently uh, because of the uh, anticipation that the Federal Reserve is going to blink, and uh, they might still blink. Uh, you know, I mean, they won't blink today, but they'll, as they raise the interest rates, the pain is going to get more and more. Uh, I think the thing that will keep them raising the rates is uh, that uh, episode that I was talking about a little while ago about Arthur Burns and his, his uh, reversing the interest rates. He was raising them, and then they came down. Uh, that's known as Burns's blunder, and uh, basically he cured uh, <clears throat> the he cured the inflation for that one small as small time frame, but then it led to the inflation taking off in the rest of that uh, quarter, the rest of that uh, 1970s. So enough on that. Let, let's talk about. Other news that uh, uh, what happened in the economic uh, economy this week, the one good news was that the one of the measures of inflation, the uh, personal consumption expenditures, the, the, the uh, Federal Reserve measures inflation with the, the consumer price index, uh, which is the one we uh, know about mostly, and the other one is the personal consumption expenditure. That's the one the Federal Reserve likes the best. And for July, they they uh, reported that the personal consumption expenditure uh, from in July uh, from June one month it had decreased one tenth of a percent, and yet the preceding months for June. Uh, it had increased 1%. So it went from a 1% increase in the personal consumption expenditure in June to a negative one-tenth of 1%. So basically, that dropped. Uh, the year over year uh, basically went from 6.8% increase in the personal consumption expenditure to 6.33%. And if we take out the the uh, uh, food and fuel, then we end up with a core personal consumption expenditure. And that month-to-month showed a dramatic decrease. June was up six-tenths of 1%. Uh, July was only up one-tenth of 1%. So the feeling is that they're making headway there. 
the cost, of course, is we're going to talk about that later in the show today, too, about the uh, how much uh, um, that means in terms of uh, existing home sales, how much that means in terms of uh, single-family home sales, and those numbers are, are fairly dramatic. So, uh, to me, uh, what you're seeing is that uh, the things that they talked about in terms of increasing the rates are having their effect, and you're slowing down parts of the economy, and uh, you're going to see the manufacturing. Uh, we see it already in the Institute of Supply Management numbers for manufacturing that are coming down. The due orders are coming down. So, to me, uh, the thing to do right now is to to take a hard look at the the uh, uh, what's going to happen in in terms of uh, conquering this inflation. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, you can give us a call. We have a toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. That number is 1-888-281-1110. Give me a call. We'll talk about uh, uh, whatever you want to talk about. This is Jim McAleese. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You know, when we talk, when I talk about uh, what's happening in the economy and uh, what's happening to our investments and things of this nature, uh, that's only a small part of, of your financial life. You know, your your financial life and mine is basically uh, things like, uh, hey, what are our goals? Uh, Certainly, a secure retirement is probably one of the primary goals. But depending upon where you're at in life, uh, you know, if you're, uh, you know, coming out of college, the goals are to get a car and then get an apartment. If you're, as you get older, then the the idea is to uh, uh, meet somebody and uh, and start and fall in love and. and uh, uh, start a life together, and that includes uh, uh, housing, standard of living, uh, uh, family, uh, all the things that go along with a family. And the last thing I saw was I had a child cost three hundred thousand dollars to get them from from uh, <clears throat> birth to um, uh, out of high school, and I thought to myself, "Oh boy." Uh, but hey, we do those things, and uh, we raise the kids. We have the kids, and we raise the kids. So, you know, those are parts of our our goals in life, and uh, you have to you have to uh, think about those goals and say, hey, those, those things are going to happen. And uh, uh, just like uh, you know, starting a family, who's going to stay home for a certain period of time, and. Uh, uh, you know, when the uh, when the babies are there, and, and who's going to go to work, and and how much money is needed, and stuff like that. 
and then you end up with child care and all the rest of the stuff. So you got to look at your, your life and your life ahead and uh, say, okay, uh, this is what we want. This is what we're going to work to get and identify it, the time in the future where it's going to happen and, and say, okay, uh, uh, these are the costs. You don't have to put them down to the second decimal place, but you you can make a rough guess as to uh, what your re- what the size of your nest egg should be uh, before you uh, retire, and uh, you have to take a look and say, okay, do I have a pension? Do I have uh, uh, a uh, I have Social Security, and then I have uh, uh, my four hundred one k or four hundred three b and put it all together. And basically, that's what we do. Uh, and we've done it for years. And uh, so when you take a look and say, these are my goals, this is what it's going to cost, I have the money, I, I need that kind of money in the future, and uh, my resources that I presently have to get there, to get from here to there, and basically my income, uh, be it one paycheck or two paychecks, all- allocated how to make it grow, how to stay on top of it, how to uh, modify it. Just like I was talking about, you know, this uh, uh, thing that um, the Federal Reserve is doing right now in terms of increasing the interest rates and uh, putting a squeeze on uh, the economy to uh, overcome inflation. Okay, Uh, we've been through that. You know, most uh, the, the older people have been through that. We went through that in the 70s, in the 1970s, and we survived. So uh, there will there will be uh, things that kind of try to derail your uh, plan, but you just have to uh, stay on top of your plan and make allowances and uh, make changes to the plan. So, and of course, there's a lot of other things that might other than just in the financial plan. In terms of uh, uh, protecting yourself against the unknowns, the unforeseen, you know, property and casualty insurance, life insurance, and then their uh, estate planning. In other words, how do we get it from us to uh, our uh, beneficiaries? How, how does that happen? And uh, uh, what should we be doing there? And when should we be doing it? So all these things are part of the your financial planning, and basically, uh, <clears throat> you can lay it out in your mind, or you can lay it out on a piece of paper, and uh, you can take steps in, t- in terms of talking to the lawyers about uh, getting uh, wills and powers of attorney and things of this nature, and uh, getting the right amount of insurance to protect you, depending upon where you're at in in uh, in life, uh, you certainly need a lot of life insurance when you're just starting out because in a lot of cases you're, you're, you have tremendous, uh, what would you call it, non-tangible assets in the sense that you're young and you have skills and uh, you're going you're gonna to earn a paycheck for the next uh, 40 or 50 years, and, uh, but you don't have any really. You don't have any tangible assets, and that's basically what life insurance is about, making sure that <clears throat> paying for the house if you're gone and raising the family if you're gone, uh, the money is there. So those are the things that are part of your financial plan, things you have to think about. Uh, and uh, uh, to me, the sooner you start thinking about it, the better, and uh, it takes time to refine that plan get started on it and uh, uh, know where you're going and be able to uh, use that as a roadmap to get to define your final destination. So let's talk about uh, some of the things that are going on in basically the economy right now. Uh, One of the things we saw uh, this week was the... uh, in July, consumers increased spending on services. You know, like uh, uh, during the COVID situation, everything, all the money that's being spent on uh, uh, goods through Amazon and, and Walmart and places like that. But now uh, people are turning to the services, and uh, 
also to uh, utilities. In other words, uh, you're you're seeing more more money going up in uh, uh, gas, electric, uh, gasoline, and uh, things of this nature, and uh, and the reduction in the uh, money being spent on goods in. Uh, in July, spending by consumers increased only one tenth of a percent, or $23.7 billion. That increase in spending was significantly down from the uh, 1% increase in June. That had 1% in June amounted to $169 billion versus the spending increase in July, which only amounted to $23.7 billion. But <clears throat> yeah, consumers did continue to increase their spending, uh, you know, a little bit anyhow, despite uh, inflation. And uh, the consumer spending increased in uh, increase in July uh, of one-tenth of one percent, was more in line with a smaller increase in consumer income in July. So uh, consumers were spending an extra uh, one-tenth of one percent in July, and their income rose two-tenths of one percent in July. So they were spending an extra $23.7 billion in July, and uh, the uh, uh, their extra income in July amounted to $47 billion. There was a big step down from the personal income increase of, of uh Seven tenths of one percent, or one hundred forty-five point three billion dollars in June. So, if you look at it, what you're seeing there is that uh, uh, consumers are still spending. The savings rates for 2022 are dipping down. They're going down. So, it's just the average savings rate in 2021 was seven and a half percent. Now it's down to about five percent. In heading south, uh, the 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 uh, uh, data regarding the incomes and spending that's reported in the uh, Department of Commerce's personal income and outlays report for July, and uh, uh, give you an idea of what it looks like for the last uh, uh, since since January first. If you take a look at January first. Spending uh, uh, spending increased 1.9 percent in January, uh, six tenths of a percent in February, 1.2 percent in March, four tenths of a percent in April, five tenths of a percent in May. Suddenly jumped up to one percent in June, and then in July it fell down to one tenth of one percent. <clears throat> so, in any case. Uh, your consumers are picking up and spending more, and your what they're spending it on in uh, in, in in July. Uh, goods spending went down two tenths of one percent, whereas the most of the uh, reduction in the in the spending on goods was in non-durable goods, i.e., gasoline. Uh, People spend more money. They spend 1.2 percent in durable uh, goods, and they also spend uh, three tenths of a percent in services. So, as far as the, uh, the consumer capability is concerned, there's a there's a lot of discussion about uh, how well the consumer is, is uh, positioned uh, to go into this slowdown. And according to Jamie Diamond, who is the CEO of J.P. Morgan and Chase and Company, uh, and the quote, the, consumers, the consumer has money. Uh, they paid down their credit card debits and, and debts and uh, confidence isn't high. But the fact is that they do have money and they're spending their money. And, uh, and basically, that was, uh, uh, that's what he said in an earnings uh, uh, session uh, last month. Uh, so, as far as he's concerned, the the uh, consumer is going to spend, and that's basically the 
the uh, foundation of our economy is consumer spending. And it was just like I mentioned before, there was good news with regard to the inflation uh, because uh, this this personal consumption expenditure for July, the month before, the personal consumption expenditure, including food and fuel, rose uh, 1%. And this month, well, not this month, in July, it went down uh, negative one-tenth of 1%. So it's moving dramatically in the right direction. And if I take away the food and fuel, uh, the uh, personal consumption expenditure for June was six-tenths of 1%, and uh, July was down to one-tenth of 1%. So that was one. Of, that is one of the concerns about inflation, too, is that the inflation numbers, the latest one from the CPI, are 8.5%. 8, 8. But... Uh, a lot of that is the gasoline and food, and uh, those, those items are volatile. It, the, the, the real payoff is in getting the not the, the payoff is in getting them down, but also the, uh, the core uh, personal consumption expenditure down too. So uh, they're moving in the right direction in terms of the personal income and the outlays, and inflation is moving in the right direction, too. So this is Jim McAlee. If you're listening to Get Rich Slow, you can give us a call. We have a toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. Give us a call, and uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Get rich flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, you know, we've been talking about everything under the sun here, so you can give us a call. Our toll free number is 1 888 281 1110. Hi, Jim. It's Colleen. Yes, Colleen. We had a caller during the break. Um, his name is Jerry, and he's got a wonderful question. Um, he and his wife have a high deductible health insurance plan with a um, HSA, a health savings account, through his wife's employer, so through her employer. Um, some people are saying that he will need to sign up for Medicare at 65, but he's also heard of people who were on their spouse's health insurance, and they didn't have to do that. He's wondering, what are the correct rules? Okay. Uh, the the idea here is that uh, in case of Medicare, uh, everybody should sign up for Medicare Part A because Medicare Part A is a hospital part, and it's free. Oh, it's not free. You've been, pay- you've been paying your whole life for it, but uh, you've paid 3.6% of your of your uh, wages for this thing forever. So, but when you sign up, it covers the uh, the hospital part. Now, it's the B, Medicare Part B, that covers, where it covers the doctors. That's the, the decision where you have to make the decision. So you sign up for Medicare Part A. The question is, are you going to sign up for Medicare Part B? Uh, Medicare Part B uh, cost you about one hundred forty-two dollars a month uh, if you make less than I think it's somewhere in ninety thousand or something like that. You just modified adjusted gross income, uh, and it goes up as you, you know. It could go, you know. I think the next jump up is some, you know, two hundred. I go up to two hundred forty dollars a month. So depending upon uh, your income. Okay, so the question is, you sign up for A, and then you say, uh, do I need to sign up for B? 
and uh, you have to take a look at uh, um, your your employer's health insurance or your spouse's employer uh, your spouse's employer's insurance. And uh, as long as you have insurance, uh, health insurance, then you don't have to sign up for B until that insurance disappears. So if your wife has the, your spouse has the uh, insurance and you're included in the uh, insurance, then you you sign up for Part A uh, and uh, you don't have to sign up for Part B unless there is a, there is a little loophole here, unless the employer is providing the health insurance uh, as less than, uh, I think it's 20 or less employees, at which point you have to sign up to both A and B because then the Medicare becomes the primary insurer. And uh, and you, you really have to check with your, your human resources people and find out make sure uh, what you sh- should be, be, be actually signing up for. Most uh, large corporations will tell you, okay, uh, if you're eligible for Social Security, sign up for Medicare A, but our insurance, health insurance, will cover the Medicare and cover the rest of it, so you don't have to sign up for B. Uh, and then that'll you can you can do that until you retire, and then that insurance goes away, and then you're gonna have to uh, sign up for Medicare Part B. The the uh, it's gonna cost you that hundred approximately hundred forty two dollars a month. Now, when that time comes, you should also jump the gun and, and start applying for that Medicare Part B about three months. Uh, before you lose the other insurance. Uh, otherwise, the, the Medicare, you know, doesn't jump to your, t- doesn't dance to your tune. It's the other way around. And uh, so you could end up with no insurance uh, while they're sorting out getting you Medicare Part B. So uh, it's important to keep track of it. And, uh, uh, uh and also check with your employer to make sure these arrangements. There's no, there's nothing worse than finding out that, oh, the employer says, well, you should have signed up for uh, Medicare Part A, and uh, uh, I didn't sign up for Medicare Part A, and then said, so, well, you're, that, that's your responsibility. You don't want to be put in a situation like that. So uh, check with the employer, make sure that. Uh, you're in a situation where uh, the health insurance is going to cover you, even if it's your wife's health insurance. Okay? Uh, this is Jim McAlee. You're listening to Get Rich Flow. Uh, stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get That Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. You know, we're talking about the Federal Reserve and their increase in the interest rates, and two of the impacts so far have been uh, the uh, new home construction and also uh, the uh, existing home sales. And uh, both of those have been really impacted by the increase in the rates because. Uh, uh, let me talk about the new residential sales. This is residential sales for uh, new single-family homes, and uh, uh, basically the sales are going down big time. The sales of uh, new single-family homes were down 12.6% in July from June, and were down 29.6% compared to a year earlier. And that's according to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. They put out a report called Monthly New Residential Sales for July. And uh, 
the decrease in the new single-family home sales, and, you know, it's similar to what we saw. Last week, we talked about uh, permits and starts for new single-family homes, and uh, what we saw there was, uh, for instance, uh, permits were down uh, 4.3% in July, starts were down 10%. Uh, and uh, if you compare that to a year ago, that, that those two numbers I just gave you were uh, July versus June. Now, comparing it to July a year ago, the permits for single-family homes were down 11.7%, and the starts were down 18.5%. So what I'm talking about today is not the permits in the, in the starts. I'm talking about the sales and of uh, new single-family homes. And basically, in July, the sales were down 12.6% from June and 29.6% from July a year ago. What that's doing, and if you look at different areas of the country, uh, the report breaks it into three er four areas of the country. One's the Northeast, One's the Midwest, and the other uh, parts of the South and the West. In the Northeast, uh, July sales compared to July a year ago for new single-family homes was down 37%. Uh, for the Midwest, it was down 22.9%. For the South, it was down 20.8%. And for the West, it was down fifty point three percent. So that's a that's that's a real that's a real kick in the head uh, if you're a home builder. And uh, what you're seeing is that with the sales with the sales going down, the the uh, inventory of the home for sales is going up. So homes for sale in all stages of construction are basically piling up. And uh, uh, what you're seeing is the highest levels uh, since May of 2008. That's where they had the, the housing crisis. And uh, what you're seeing is uh, a uh, increase of 102,000 houses uh, from uh, increase in, and or 28% increase from July of last year in the inventory. The supply of unsold New houses stood at 10.9 months of sales, and uh, that's the highest since uh, April of 2009 during the depth of the housing bust. That's a huge amount of supply. And basically, the unsold inventory in July a year ago was six months. So they've gone from a year ago, July a year ago, the Back the uh, inventory uh, of uh, houses waiting for sale was six months. Now it's ten point nine months, and that's because the the uh, number of houses that are being sold has decreased dramatically. And what you're seeing is that uh, the median home well the home prices are because they uh, housing is becoming unaffordable and. Uh, if you take a look at the median price of the homes that were sold in July, uh, the median price stood at four hundred and thirty-nine thousand four hundred, uh, and uh, clearly, um, potential buyers are having second thoughts given the spike in in, in mortgage rates, and uh, homeowners are responding to that. And hopefully, if you if you uh, uh, got the cash, uh, you could deal with the uh, old builders right now in terms of uh, moving these uh, uh, homes. Uh, the home builders are, uh, have, have really been struggling uh, basically with the worst uh, inflation ever. And what they're seeing is construction costs in the single-family homes, excluding the cost of the land and other non-construction is up 17% from last year, and it's been in that range since December of last year. The worst spike 
in construction costs ever dating back to 1964, according to the government data. And July was July was the 15th month in a row with that uh, double-digit inflation construction cost. So the builders are getting hit with double-digit inflation costs for housing plus supply chain problems and plus uh, the increase in the uh, mortgage rate. So they're in, they're in between a rock and a hard place. So uh, if, <laughs> if you're thinking you know, Thinking about buying, you might be able to strike a deal uh, in terms of uh, uh, getting the price, best price you'll ever get for it. But like I say, the, uh, the, the interest rates are still high. So this is Jim McAuley. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. In the show, we talk about, uh, you know, we talk about your financial life, but there is so much more to your life, and you have to pay attention to all different aspects, different parts of your of your life. You never, never overdoing one thing to the detriment of the other. And in order to reach that balance, you have to spend your spread your time and attention to different different facets of your life. At different times, you have to focus on your personal life, then on your family life, then on your professional life, as well as your money life. In order to balance all the aspects of your life, I wish you several gifts. I wish you the courage to be warm when the world would prefer you to be cool. I wish you success sufficient to your needs. I wish you failure to temper that success. I wish you joy in all of your days. I wish you sadness so that you may better measure your joy. I wish you gladness to overbalance your grief. I wish you humor and twinkle in your eye. I wish you glory and the strength to bear its burdens. I wish you sunshine on your path and health to carry you on your journey. I wish you peace and perhaps most of all, I wish you love to make all the rest worthwhile. So enjoy yourself, have a good time, and fill next week more of Get This Flow, and may God protect you and keep you safe. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstone's Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.